You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning. This is Clarissa Alhantara, and this is the radio program Lifelong Journey with the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. And with me this morning, I've got two wonderful and esteemed guests. I've got Father Gerard Jordan and Most Reverend Bish- Joseph Perry. How are you two this morning? Good morning. Good morning. Oh, my goodness. So the for just for my guests, um, since you know that we're uh, in, in the COVID season, uh, these two fine men were part of like my building cohort at Meyer, and I haven't seen you both of you in months and so it's just good good to have you on the line um and good to have you with the program how is your week going so far I know it's just the beginning of the week but well it's just starting uh, <laughs> usually well given the it's, it's interesting you use the term COVID season <laughs> it really gives it a kind of a permanent feel about it <laughs> So many meetings that are done virtually these days, and nobody can see anybody or get anywhere near anybody except through the screen. But um, uh, what can we say? We're handling it the best we can. Yes, yes, yes to that. Uh, So this morning, um, we wanted to kind of break into uh, the new Tolton Spirituality Center. And for those listeners who are not aware of it, you will definitely be learning a lot this morning about the Spirituality Center and what it's going to be adding to our Chicago landscape. But before I move on, I know both of you very well, just because we work at the Meyer Center together in the building, but if you'd like to introduce yourselves to our listeners and explain to them a little about what you do, um, uh, whoever wants to start first. Well, for myself, I'm, you know, one of uh, a half dozen auxiliary bishops to uh, Cardinal Blaise Supic, um, carrying on the pastoral ministry in these two uh, counted area of Lake and Cook of the Archdiocese of Chicago. <clears throat> it uh, borders on to the north, uh, the state of Wisconsin, and then all the way down to uh, the uh, border of Indiana. So it's a pretty large area. Uh, Chicago is one of several of the largest archdioceses in the country. And uh, with uh, 300 and some parishes and uh, 500,000 some Catholics, at least we find in church on Sunday, we try to keep the shoestring on the shoe, as, as it were, minister to the people of God with the gospel and the sacraments and everything else that impinges upon church these days. So that's me. Thank you so much, Bishop Perry. Father Gerard. Well, one of Bishop Perry's uh, additional duties is that he's the postulator for the cause of the canonization for Father Tolton, and I am one of his assistants in any the many support staff that uh, work for Bishop Perry and, and help to support his ministry as an auxiliary bishop and his additional ministry as a uh, postulator for the cause of Father Tolton's canonization. And as his special assistant, he gave me the privilege of uh, helping him to find grant funds. And my role as his assistant allowed me to, during the COVID time, to use my time wisely to apply for grants and other funding that would help support the cause. And uh, that's how we came upon the Thriving Congregations grant, because Father Tolton uh, was very much involved in congregational life when he arrived in Chicago. And so my role as the grant writer, uh, who, as a team of us who wrote the grant, um, we secured that grant with the Lilly Foundation September 17th with that award letter. And I had been acting as the executive director 
during the organizational phase of the first year of the new Tolton Spirituality Center that's funded by the Lilly Grant and the Thriving Congregation Initiative, all under Bishop Perry's Episcopal moderation. He's a uh, he's very humble enough and gracious enough to serve as our Episcopal moderator for the center so that we will always be true to Father Tolton's spirituality. So that's me. Oh, this is fantastic. Uh, I'm kind of curious uh, if we could, one of the things I found very interesting in just researching the short amount of research I've done about this center is that um, this is really kind of a, a first-time thing for Chicago to have something like this. And so I don't know if either one of you or both of you would feel comfortable explaining how this center being here, um, I know it's not a physical center, but how can this center really impact our local church and even like our U.S. church? Sure. Do you want to take that? Well, the good news is, is that we were planning this online initiative before COVID hit because we have learned Bishop has many travel engagements and I was, I've been privileged to help him with some of those travel engagements, but with uh, limited staff and funding, we we were like, okay, how do we get into the social media part of the ministry and the virtual world that exists beyond physical appearances? And so COVID accelerated us into 2022. All right. <laughs> and, and so the initiative the way it affects the cause and the way the cause affects the, the universal church worldwide is that we now don't, we no longer have the limitations of a plane or a jurisdiction or we can only get 150 people in the room. We now, because of COVID and because of the center working together, and the blessing is that we can reach uh, numerous people. We have once you know we have various programs that we're going to pilot and and work through and initiatives is definitely focused on the churches in Chicago, yes. But we hope from that model that we can share information with other archdioceses and partner with other community leaders above and beyond just the archdiocese of Chicago, which is also in keeping with Father Tolton's model, because after he gave to the church in Chicago, he became a national figure and he even went on to preach and teach at the National Black Catholic Congresses. And he was a national figure and a national celebrity who went around the country, country teaching and preaching. So we want to follow that model. And so, therefore, the Universal Church Beyond America has the opportunity, at, we hope at some point in our long-term strategy, to be able to reach those people because we've uh, Bishop will be able to tell you that we, we now have Father Tolton's intercessory prayer that has been spread through many countries in many different languages. And so now we can bring the spirituality of Father Tolton that can be married to and work in, in cooperation with the intercessory prayer that is already in so many different countries around the world. If you were to, just so our listeners get a better sense, and so I get a better sense, if you were to sum up Father Tolton's spirituality, what would that be in a couple of sentences? Or many sentences, I guess. <laughs> we'll let the expert on that speak <laughs> to me. So Bishop will definitely be able to, because I just enjoy when I hear it. I can't hear it enough. All right. I want to hear it. Well, to sum it up in a couple of sentences, I, I would couch it as a great perseverance and stamina in the midst of adversity and struggle. Uh, given the, um, the social deficits that were part of our country in the 19th century, on into the 20th century, on into the 21st century, um, he, he was unique in the, in the sense that he carried a huge cross, being the only one, the first one, uh, living and working and ministering into a climate that was really poised not to accept him. In this country, no one had ever seen a, a Roman collar around the neck of a black man before. And so it, it, it proved to be something of an anomaly in the majority community and, of course, a news sensation in the um, uh, black community of that time. But the 
structures and the institutions of that time were just were not poised to accept or receive the gifts or the talents of a, of a black person, a black man, uh, even the church. And somehow he plowed through that, and at the end of it, given his rather short life, his death at the age of 43, um, his faith and his hope, his love for the church was still found to be intact, despite it all. That's what I would say. It's, it's great stamina and perseverance. Uh, not everyone has those kinds of gifts mm-hmm. uh, to plow through life that way without giving up. I, I'm i on the same page with Father Gerard. <laughs> I think I can. I can just listen to it <laughs> time and time again. It brings me such joy when, you know, I get a clear understanding of the gift that Tolton gave the church in Chicago and the church in America and, and now has the, has the opportunity to be a universal figure for the church around the world. I mean, if any time that we need such a saint is now when we can, you know, take that gift of spirituality and apply it in today's world. I just love hearing it. I love living it. I just am so excited. So if someone who, you know, given the reach of what you want to do with a center, um, kind of moving beyond, you know, the the area and the geography of Chicago. And I know some people do know about um, Father Augustus Tolton, but, like, wh- how would, you know, people outside of our local area, how do you feel like they would receive his spirituality and how would we, you know, what would make them interested to kind of learn more about the center and about his life and even, you know, to use the two words, stamina and perseverance? Well, if I could just say that we're going to follow Father Tota's model. First, we're going to start in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And and that's where his work began. That's where his focus was. And so, too, will ours be. And we hope that the learning experience that we have from the initiative and the cohorts that belong to the learning initiative that buy into the program of learning, that once the learning takes place, that we can take those lessons and the values and relationships and the belief that we've been able to strengthen in, in the program here in Chicago, then we can say to others around the country who have a strong African-American presence in their pews, this is how we think that you can also affect your congregation to begin to not uh, only survive in this day and age, but learn how to thrive in a post-COVID-19 uh, parish. So that's the beauty of it locally, um, and then the the gift of it nationally. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely um, that's definitely beautiful. Uh, I'm kind of curious. Um, uh, one of the things we like to kind of one of the beauties of having a, a nice long show like ours is we can really kind of do some storytelling. And I'm wondering if either or both of you have a really personal story that you want to share around Father Augustus Tolton, either like of your own witness, or is there something about his spirituality and his life um, that, I mean, you know, outside of the work you're doing, like how does that, how does that speak to you and how does it affect how you minister um, in Chicago as, as both, you know, like African-American men who wear Roman collars? Your Excellency, please go first. <laughs> A personal story. Let's see. I think I probably would rephrase that as to what story, what chapter in his life or what narrative in his life most impresses me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably um, prior to his coming to uh, Chicago, Chicago kind of rescued him in the name of um, Archbishop Patrick Sheehan, a southern gentleman from Nashville who became the Archbishop of of Chicago um, in about 1888, 1889. And um, prior to him coming to Chicago the week before Christmas of 1889, uh, Tolton, that is, um, he was back and forth with letters to Rome trying to ask permission to find some other diocese to go to because uh, where he was in Quincy was becoming pretty emotionally intolerable, uh, especially by the 
whispering campaign or the machinations of a neighboring uh, Catholic priest. And um, when you read uh, Tolton's letters that have survived <clears throat> history, you find that he is very, very hesitant to to uh, accuse the priest, who was really unduly harsh, uh, unduly harsh and most disrespectful to Tolton, calling him names that we would not speak in public today, um, because he found him unacceptable. Uh, there were white Catholics who were attending Tolton's masses voluntarily, wanting to hear his sermons, and they were touched by his his ministry in that, and uh, there was nothing the pastor could do about it, except he complained about people's contributions to Tolton's very, very impoverished parish. And um, in asking permission of the Roman authorities to make a transfer, he stopped short, short of accusing his accuser, uh, who just was almost uh, satanic in the way he, he targeted uh, Father Augustus. Um, given his his uh, soft personality, his gentleness, and his great respect he had for the church that rescued him in his youth, educated him, and saw to his ordination as a priest, he, he saw the Catholic Church as the instrumental means, which he mentioned any number of times, uh, to rescue uh situation of the black race in this country post-Civil War and Reconstruction, because there were no public, no public programs, there was no welfare, there was no public assistance for blacks at that time, and there was nothing to help them assimilate themselves into mainstream society after emancipation. They were just freed and left to be treated haphazardly in our society for the longest. And um, so Tolton dedicated himself to the poorest of the poor, almost practically in almost like Mother Teresa fashion on the south side of Chicago, which was made up of a lot of poor Irish and many freed blacks, runaway slaves, former slaves, trying to make a way out of no way in 1890s Chicago. And he threw himself in that and, made himself a priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago and did that to the best of his ability until he collapsed at 35th and Ellis Street here just a block or two from the Meyer Center and um, was taken away from us rather prematurely, so we, we, we believed. That's beautiful. Let's go ahead and head to break, and then we'll come back in a little bit. a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook Counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. On Friday, January 22nd at 12 o'clock p.m., the Archdiocesan Mass for Life will be live-streamed from Holy Name Cathedral. Celebrated by Bishop Kevin Birmingham, along with priests from across the Archdiocese of Chicago, it will be held on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade and the eve of the final event of the March for Life Chicago Tour. Please join us. The Mass will be live-streamed on the Archdiocesan YouTube channel. For more information and to register to attend, please visit respectlifechicago/events. Throughout our nation and our world, 
people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation in the Archdiocese of Chicago. I'm your radio host this morning, Clarissa Alhantara, and joining me via phone is Most Reverend Joseph Perry and Father Gerard Jordan. And right before the break, uh, we <laughs> we heard a really moving story about a chapter in Father Augustus Tolton's life um, that really spoke to kind of his story Um and his his courage um and father gerard i would like to ask you the same story of like is there uh, a chapter or a time in father augustus tolton's life that really resonates with you or something that you know is a, a personal encounter even or experience with with father augustus well i can tell you that what attracted me most is when my spiritual director and mentor a priest Father Al McKnight introduced Father Tolton to me as a little boy when I thought I wanted to become a priest. And uh, Father McKnight made me, <laughs> he used to tease me that I, I would beat him to church in the morning so I could serve Mass as an altar boy. And uh, oftentimes he had to kick me out because I didn't want to leave. <laughs> and he said to me, he says, why do you like saying this so much, young man? I said, Father, I just love being around the altar. Uh, he says, you're a Eucharistic being. I said, oh, really? He says, I'll, I'll need to teach you about other men who are Eucharistic beings. And he taught me that Father Tolton loved the Eucharist, that he, as a boy, was an altar server, and as a priest, everything began and ended with the liturgy. And, and, and uh, I learned as I got older that that was one of the gifts of Tolton's uh, spirituality in the Church, where the liturgy, the Eucharist, the source and summit of our faith allowed him to stay mission-driven. His relationship, uh, you, you would see throughout Tolton's life, as I learned about Tolton as a young boy and as a young man and now as a priest, the one thing that always comes to mind and always is a clear picture to me is his love for the Eucharist and celebrating the liturgy and then going from there to preach and actually live the gospel. Uh, whether he was trying to re repair broken relationships or renew good uh, new relationships um, or, or ensure that the relationships that was going on at the time could have some positive effect despite any troubles that was going on. Because I, I realized that Father Tolton's mission-driven attitude that began at the altar every day because he was a, a priest who would celebrate the Eucharist daily and his preaching for you to be able to stand in a, a, a church and preach the gospel, and then your life, you can actually give evidence that you practice and, and live the, the gospel you preach is just beautiful. And he, and he did it at every turn. Um, when they would invite him to come as a celebrity, he showed up as a priest who would first celebrate Mass and then preach. He didn't want to be the celebrity. Um, and he was able to replant regularly along the way and grow a church in Chicago and then help grow the, the uh, national black presence of Catholics around the country in the beautiful relationships because he was mission-driven. And that has helped me a lot in my priesthood today, uh, to stay mission-driven in the pastoral work I do as a parish priest and 
to stay mission-driven in the work that Bishop Perry allows me to do as his assistant for the cause. And so no matter what I do, I always try to begin and end with the liturgy and the Eucharist, and I try to stay mission-focused because the relationships, whether they're broken or, re- or new, you can you can just count on those relationships to, to endure, and, and it's just beautiful. Nah, thank you. As someone who used to you know, attend daily Mass with Father Gerard back at the Meyer Center from time to time, you, <laughs> I could see it. I could definitely see that spirituality and being kind of that, that mission-driven man of faith. You're the first person in the chapel still talking to people as Mass is over, so uh, <laughs> I get to be witness to that. Thank um, you. I see, too. Those are those <laughs> good days. I can't wait till the Meyer <laughs> opens up again. <laughs> Oh yeah, and once you got into church and you knew Father Gerard was there, oh, you're like, no, I'm I'm gonna be late to lunch today. <laughs> um, but that's that's not a bad thing. Uh, so I uh, another thing that we like to talk about on the show is you know scripture passages that maybe um, you associate with Father Tolton's spirituality and his legacy. Like for you, that really speaks to an you know an illustrative point of you know what he brought into the world. I don't know if if there's a a verse or two from the Bible that you think, yeah, this is this is the one for me that that makes him come alive. I, I'm inspired by a passage in uh, the letter to the Hebrews. It's actually the tenth chapter that I think must have rung pretty loud in, in Tolton's heart and ears, where the author of this letter uh, <clears throat> says. Remember the days gone by when, after you had been enlightened, you endured a great contest of suffering. At times you were publicly exposed to insult and trial. At other times you associated yourselves with those who were being so dealt with. You even joined in the sufferings of those who were in prison and joyfully assented to the confiscation of your goods knowing that you had better and more permanent possessions. Do not then surrender your confidence. It will have great reward. You need patience to do God's will and receive what he has promised. That passage um, is very comforting and very supportive of the experience of the early church and its suffering and its persecution and um, that is a, a dynamic that runs through the church for as long as the church has been around, um, but it offers a great deal of hope for Christians who are looking for something better by definition of the kingdom of God, that it all has merit, it all has purpose, and aligned with Christ's own sufferings, it will in the end be rewarded. That's the hope that I think... Uh, that passage offers and certainly was very evident in um, Tolton's own ministry. He believed in that. Uh, Father Gerard, is there... You know, you know, I, I, I hate to... I, I, I would pick the Old Testament and the New Testament. I'm just No, do you, it. I mean, do it. Listen, <laughs> the, in the Old Testament, Tolton for me is, is Isaiah the suffering servant. I mean, every time I hear those scripture passages with the prophet Isaiah and that and that section on the suffering servant, I'm like, boy, if, if Tolton was, if, if nothing less, he was a prophet among us before before he was supposed to. He was a, I think he was far beyond his own time. And evidence of that, of him being the first and, and, and uh, you know, African-American priest in a time that, that he was so difficult. So I think for the Old Testament, any scriptures that talks about Isaiah and the suffering servant, the psalmist, you know, Father Tolton had a, a, a reputation we have uh, through eyewitness and ear witness of his beautiful voice. I mean, if I could just hear this man preach, and when, when I read his letters or I, I hear the newspaper, read the newspaper testimony about him, uh, you know, we know that he had a strong voice, and people say that his voice came across in the psalm as well. So anytime I hear in the psalmist, when we read the psalms, I, I sometimes I just would, I wish I could hear Tolton's voice because I know he had a joy in his voice that that when you hear the witnesses talk about his voice and the preaching that he gave, because his preaching was was one of the beauties that drew people in. It's kind of like the 
psalms that draw you in and it sinks into your bones. But if I could take something from the New Testament, the one scripture that I always enjoy uh, and helps me a lot is Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5 that talks about our future destiny because I'm always asking myself, why am I so enamored by a priest gone, a priest of yesterday, uh, and how does this affect my future and my priesthood and those that I serve? And if you go to Second Corinthians chapter 5 and start at verse 8, it says, Yet we are courageous, and we would rather leave the body and go home to the Lord. Therefore, we aspire to please him, whether we are at home or away. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive recompense according to what he did in the body, whether good or evil. And I understand the importance of a deceit, because some people, especially my relatives who are not Catholic, say, why are you so involved in this dead man's life? Because it's not about a man who is dead and gone. It's the tension between the present and the future that, that came from the past that made a big effect on my life. I would not be a priest today had it not have been for an Augustus Tolton yesterday. And if you understand that tension between the present and the future, which is expressed in an image like Tolton, then, then the metaphors and the imagery that comes across in the Scripture can help us to understand that at present we are like citizens uh, of the Scripture passage that understood what exile was like, especially now during this pandemic when we're separated from one another. And that, that the, 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 the thing that we hope for, the thing that we aspire to, is this same picture in the Scriptures where the Lord is the distant homeland that we hope for and we believe in, even though we can't see it. And, and so we're going to come out of this pandemic greater and, and better than we were. And that was Father Tolton's life. He went into the basement church of old St. Mary's and got those Catholics, although they were a, a black ethnic stripe, those African-Americans needed to hope for a better place than the basement church of old St. Mary's. And Father Tolton led them out of that church into their own parish. If that ain't the beauty of the uh, understanding of the our future destiny can take its shape if we take control of it and learn to thrive beyond the places that we presently are in, because I think the same thing can happen today with the pandemic. We can either stay in our pity party that we have to live in a virtual world, uh, or we can figure out how that virtual world and the truth of the incarnation of the word made flesh can come together for example <laughs> all right pandemic, i'm gonna have to cut you off i'm so sorry we'll come back though i want you to come back and finish hold on okay great. father gerard Catholic Charities After Supper Visions program offers guests of our Tuesday night supper the opportunity to learn the art of photography. These talented guests who are often experiencing homelessness are offered disposable digital cameras and they work with volunteer professional photographers to learn the basics of taking photos. Then the artists go out and capture images on film of anything they find to be beautiful or interesting in the world. Their photos are amazing. Visit AfterSupperVisions.com to learn more about the artists and their artwork. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, too. At After Supper Visions, we are developing film, talent, and hope. It has been inspiring to see how individuals, families, and communities have found ways to help one another throughout 2020. At Catholic Charities, we usually have 35 to 40 events a year where we gather and enjoy time together in support of important programs and services while raising critical funds that allow us to respond to the growing number of people who are in need of the most basic necessities in life. Many of our events are now virtual. If you would like to be a sponsor for one of these events, please call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864. Also, visit us at catholiccharities.net slash events and follow us on social media too. We so look forward to when we can resume our events in person and reconnect with our friends and partners throughout Chicagoland. For now, please consider donating to Catholic Charities so our vital work can continue. Thousands of people in Chicago count on Catholic Charities every day. Please help us help them today. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. 
You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 AM to 9 AM, the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Good morning, and we're back with Lifelong Journey, a radio program hosted by the Office of Lifelong Faith Formation. And before the break, oh, I hate to interrupt you, Father Gerard, but you were talking about kind of the <laughs> how how some of that scripture was inspiring you um, and kind of moving beyond the pandemic. Yeah, I get so excited because Father <laughs> told the spirituality of, 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 of how he affected the future of the Church by addressing the needs of the church in the right here and the right now. And one of the, you know, if, the Scripture is nothing if we don't learn to live the gospel. Uh, so we have to appreciate, study the gospel, and, and learn to live it. Father Tolton has taught me how to do that, and I just love it because I, I Father Tolton, one of the beauties of understanding the future destiny of the people that he was supposed to be a shepherd to is that he knew that he had to build relationships of networking and learning. So he reached out to Mother Catherine, and she eventually would pay and give $35,000 in the mail to help build St. Monica's. He would reach out to Daniel Rudd, and Daniel Rudd, would uh, he would go to the National Black Catholic Congresses, and, and the editor of the, the National Black Catholic newspaper, Daniel Rudd and Father Tolton, worked together for the betterment of the people beyond Chicago. And so what did that teach me as a parish priest? Well, I worked with Father David Jones and the pastor of Christ Our Savior. So St. Benedict the African and Christ Our Savior in Dalton, those two parishes, we worked together, and I learned, you know what? All we have to do is stick a transmitter into our microphone system, network between the two parishes, and figure out how we're going to draw people back to the church during the pandemic because they're afraid to come in the building. So networking was the thing that Tolton did. So once we networked from St. Benedict the African and networked with Christ our Savior, we had a transmitter installed at, at the churches so that people could pull into the parking lot, listen to the Mass on the radio, and then they would pull up to the church door and they can receive communion in their car. And now the beauty of listening to Mass over the radio or watching Mass virtually on your phone through Facebook is a gift. It's a gift that everybody does, but here's the piece of the gift that Father Tolton teaches, the Eucharist. He spent his life bringing the Eucharist to the people, and, and, and that's what we did. We, we invited people to come sit in their cars or, or sit in their car and listen on the radio, listen on Facebook Live, and then you can receive the Eucharist by driving up to the door of the church. St. Edward's Catholic Church follows that model now in Louisiana. So it's just a beautiful gift of spirituality of networking so that we can just... Because at first we were surviving watching TV on Mass and having a spiritual communion, the Bible. But now we're thriving because we can sit in our cars safely during the COVID period and drive up to the door and get communion and receive His body and blood. The incarnation is who we are when we participate in it. I just love that example, and it came from Father Tolton's teaching and spirituality. I don't think I would have figured that out. I don't think we would have experienced any of that had it not been for the prayer and the guidance of Father Tolton. <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty inspirational because I know that, especially in kind of given the the climate that we're in now, uh, with Mass and with Eucharist, I think the you know virtual is great, but also inviting people into that uh, incarnational is so key to where we are as a church. Um, Let's see. Uh, so if there was um, anything, I guess, uh, if there was anything around, um, like kind of the real world application that you that you just touched on, um, and maybe anything from the catechism that you think helps illustrate, you know, why, 
why a center like this is so important today, especially kind of given where we are as the world, like what, what would that be? You know, like where do we look to church teaching to say this is as important now as it was, you know, in the early 1900s when he was ministering? I'm going to leave that to the catechist and the canon lawyer, Bishop Perry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can't just keep passing, Father Gerard. This is a game that I love to play. We do this on the road all the time. <laughs> okay. Well, I think a, a center like this is a help. Um, it, it helps to pass on what is the legacy uh, of Tolton. Uh, the whole idea is to take his virtues that steered his life, and ministry to use these to, to enlighten and strengthen our parish congregations. Um, Tolton's love and devout priestly life are still tangible for many African-American Catholics across the country and even beyond. And uh, like many of the other saints, and we hope eventually that his sainthood cause would reach success, um, the saints leave us models and examples of taking this gospel of the Lord and living it to heroic, to heroic seriousness. There are lots of saints that people can choose to help to do this. But what makes Toton so strategic is the fact that he was the first priest of our ethnic definition and, and showed us how to be a Christian because his own life was an example of an erudite Christian. Uh, despite some large odds. It's, this center is a way to get his spirit and his legacy somehow sewn within the fabric of the Christian life for those who are so inspired by it. There's nothing particularly in the catechism that I can think of off the top of my head that addresses this particular thing, other than the honor and the uh, respect that we give to the saints and how we choose them and latch on to their writings and their example and their struggles, their martyrdom, those kinds of things that got them into heaven. Perhaps we can use those same kinds of things to get ourselves into heaven to join them. That's what I would say. Okay. Now, yeah, that's, that's absolutely key. Mm -hmm. uh, Father Gerard, did you have anything you wanted to add or just leave it? You know, I, I would just tell you that, that you know, as a... a I'm like the little boy who says, look, just just keep it simple for me. And I can hear my mother saying, "Just well, just keep the Ten Commandments, son. And so if we if we understand that the, the uh, church's catechism and that the church law requires that we keep God's commandments, in keeping God's commandments, we have to understand that inspired by a life and legacy of Father Tolton, that's what he did. He kept the commandments along the way. And, and he, with those commandments, he took the characteristics of his, his parish life and his life in Chicago, and he used that to inspire people to renew them and to go beyond renewal so that transformation could take place after the renewal. And that, that's what allowed those, you know, St. Monica's and, and anybody else who came in touch with Tolton to have such a strong presence of the African-American Catholic experience. Um, and so the basic principles that we hope to explore that will help to animate the, the church in Chicago now that the Renew My Church process is coming to a, a, the, the last leg of its journey. We want to help congregations thrive with that understanding of just keep the commandments. And, and those commandments will help us to have new understandings of our ancient uh, sacred traditions of the catechism and church law and church relationships so that we can triumph over the tragedies that we have of our day, just not in the pandemic, but, you know, you got fires on the East Coast burning, you got hurricanes that tore up the South, and uh, you got an uprising and insurrection going on 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 the uh, the other side of the country. I mean, it, it, it helps. Now is the time, just like Tolton, we have to have strong evangelization efforts during this time of, where we can continue to say there's still joy in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we keep the commandments to promote this kind of sense of responsibility to the gospel and have ownership in this Christian life we profess to live and have these courageous conversations like the radio program that you have, we can give radical hospitality when folks come, come back through the doors slowly and safely, socially distanced, masked up, or still in your car, 
driving up to the door to receive communion so that we stay on the mission. If we keep doing maintenance, we'll just survive through things. But if we stay mission-driven, which is the catechism teaches us to follow the commandments and go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If we do that in spite of our burdens, like just because that's what Tolton did, he did the work in spite of the troubles. He did the work. That's the question. If you're going to follow the catechism, are you ready to do the work? <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know. That's that's, that's a that's a tough and tall order. Uh, bef- like we have just under fourteen minutes left in the show, and I'm wondering. I know this is a, a, a you you are new in your endeavor with the Tolton Spirituality Center, but where are some places? Before I ask the kind of final questions, where are some places people can go? Uh, to learn a little bit more about the center or a little bit more about Father Tolton's life and his legacy, just so if they, you know, if they want to learn more, they, they have that. Well, we have the uh, web page uh, that can be accessed through uh, tolton.archchicago.org. That carries not only uh, the biography, but the... Um, progress or the cause and the step-by-step advancement that it has taken in Rome this far. Um, A lot of uh, videos, newspaper clips, and other kinds of things that have documented the cause since it started back in 2010, just by way of information. Uh, For anyone who's interested in learning more about Tolton, it can be found on that Tolton webpage. If you Google the Archdiocese of Chicago, there's an icon for Tolton among a number of icons. You click on the Tolton icon, then that Tolton portion of the web page comes up with all of the information that anyone can need. Fantastic. I, I, one of the things that really piqued my interest in this conversation was Tolton's letters. Like where are if, – if people wanted to start – getting a sense of those letters that kind of remain and are accessible to the general public. Is there a way to to read or become aware of those? They are referenced in the several biographies that are that are out on, on Tolton. The actual letters themselves, some of them are in Italian um, um, that were translated into English, um, they are in the uh, Tolton archive uh, in our file cabinets. They can be accessed that way for those who are interested in, in a more deeper analysis of Tolton's writings and that. Uh, they are written under his pen. Um, those you know, I want to echo what, Father, uh, what, what Bishop Perry is saying, Father Tolton's letters and, and some great accounts. Joyce DeRigger, one of Chicago's own, the, mm-hmm. you know, the editor of the local news, in her book, The Church is the True Liberator, she she uses his letters as a reference. And I think that Joyce does a great job of, of helping someone come in touch with the most updated information on Tolton. If you don't want to use the website, which is the best source, and you need a tangible something you can touch and you need, you need to hold a book in your hand like some of us, I, I want to... Uh, put that shameless plug in there for the church is the true liberator by Joyce DeRiga, uh, which she had access to the letters to write that book. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's a great plug. I, I did forget that, that she published that a couple years ago. Now, I'm, uh, we're all about like sharing resources and reflections, and I think that anytime we have um, a great lengthy show like this, this really gives us an opportunity to hear more, but I know for some of our listeners... Uh, my mother-in-law listens to the show. I will I will get her a, co- a copy of this book. Her birthday is coming up this month. So thank you, Father Gerard, for the easy birthday gift that I can kind of slide her way. Uh, in, so we've got probably about 10 minutes left. Um, what are some practical takeaways you think people can take away either from this conversation, you know, aspects of his life? You know, we talked a lot about evangelization, having courage. Uh, pieces like that that you know, our 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 good Catholic faithful can kind of continue living into. Uh, prayer put into action is a takeaway. I think that if we can invite everyone to join us in the intercessory prayer, 
that um, is posted on Father Toton's website with the Archdiocese of Chicago at toton.archchicago.org. And if, if they could pray that intercessory prayer, and then once the prayer is done, they have to put the things into action that would affect that prayer. And, and I think that's the takeaway, because after much prayer and and much just begging for the intercession of Tolton, uh, we put into action and, and we put pen to paper, and here we are with a, a, a Lilly Endowment-funded grant that will bring Tolton spirituality to the people of Chicago and hopefully beyond. So that's the takeaway for me. Fantastic. Uh, Bishop Perry, was there anything that you think our listeners would want to take away, uh, either about his life, his legacy, maybe even his spirituality moving forward? Well, Father Augustus Tolton was um, a gentle a gentle priest, a pastoral man, a man who was somehow proven through the crucible of suffering in his own life and thereby was able to offer encouragement and a sense of hope for people who probably didn't have many reasons to hope in a society like ours back then in the last couple of centuries. But um, he was a priest priest, and he was a priest who was honored and, and um loved by the people that he served. In that sense, he is a model for priesthood. Uh, he's a model for anyone interested in pursuing a vocation of serving God as a religious or a priest. Um, we, need, we need more models like him for the times within which we live. And we hope that other young people, men and women, might decide to serve the church by having been inspired by his story. That's, yeah, no, thank you so much for that. That's definitely, um, that's very, uh, those are both kind of two inspiring ways in, um, that you both mentioned that people can kind of move from this conversation or move from his spirituality and kind of flow into their own lives. Mm -hmm. uh, now, while the center is not itself, like, I know it's not a building and not a place, is, is that, has the work officially begun? Like where, I know I was just reading about it in some press releases and I would just like to know, just so our listeners know, like where have we started? Has it, <laughs> Father Gerard? So yes, it started. We have a pilot introduction online uh, presentation that we uh, were blessed to have uh, Bishop Perry, uh, Cardinal Gregory, uh, Father David Jones, a priest of Chicago, um, Dr. Cecilia Moore, a young lady who worked on the historical commission of Father Toton's Positio that was submitted to Rome, and, and others where we did a pilot that would teach people about the legacy of reconciliation and restoration and healing that Father Toton gave the world through his endurance and perseverance of a racist society in which he lived when he walked the earth. And so we have that pilot program that we've tested out with several dioceses around the country, and we're going to introduce it to the um, any parish who wants to participate in the program when, once we roll out, uh, now that we know that that pilot was successful because it was just received well. We've uh, got some critiques, and we kind of tweaking it. And so once we present that pilot, we'll be able to introduce Tolton into a way where people have um, the understanding of the relevance of Tolton's life today, that it's not an era gone by or something irrelevant that needs to be dead and buried or put on a shelf through a beautiful statue, and we just admire it. The second thing that we've done is that Father Tolton had contemporaries who lived at a, a time that he did, and they were all found to have uh, one thing in common. They were daily communicants. Um, they all were Eucharistic beings, and they also, by divine providence, are the six candidates for sainthood who are from uh, the Catholic community of color. So we have the Haitian Father Fulton New as Pierre Toussaint. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the uh, Haitian-American woman, Father Tolton New as Elizabeth Clarice Lange. And then uh, beyond that, we have um, Mother Henriette DeLille. We have Julia Greeley, and we have Sister Thea Bowman. Those 
six candidates for sainthood, which includes Father Tolton as one of the six. We have another online uh, program that's done in a series over a four-week period, and we have the last test of the pilot that will run every weekend um, in the weekend of Black History Month in the month of February. And if you go to the uh, org under the events section, you will see that um, that flyer that's going to come up and it's going to uh, be um, available to to join the online series of those six candidates that includes Father Tolton. And so those are two pilots that we have in place when it comes to vir- the virtual world. We also have a book that's being written by Bishop Perry and Joyce DeRiga and others, and that cooperative effort will talk about the spirituality of Tolton very specifically. Um, that's another part of the program. Just to name three top things that I'm enjoying. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Uh, I am on the webpage now, and yes, Tolton.ArtChicago. Dot org. There's a wealth of information there, and it sounds like going to the events tab is a way to find out information. And there's also information on his um, on his life. the The book that's currently out is "Church Is True Liberator." Did I get that right? Mm-hmm. All right. So there's that for the for those who are looking for gifts, perhaps for for loved ones like I am, or interested to learn more about his life. Uh, I would like to take this time to say thank you so much to Father Gerard Jordan and Most Reverend uh, Joseph Perry for your time and your dedication to Father Tolton's cause. Until I had moved to Chicago and began working here, I only knew him as a name. And so to kind of learn a little bit more about him and his center and how that's going to be moving forward, uh, that's such a gift and an opportunity to be inspiring for all the young, I'm going to call myself young Catholics. Uh, Thank you so much for your time. Uh, We look forward to hearing more. And uh, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, Mm -hmm. I told you I was excited, and I can't wait to share this program. Uh, This is the Office for Lifelong Faith Formation. program is Lifelong Journey. My name is Clarissa Alhantara, and I will catch you next month. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Mm -hmm. Bye now. Bye-bye. Can't take a bus to the Chicago or National March for Life this year? Not to worry, this year's activities will look a little different, but we will still be marching for the sanctity of life. In partnership with March for Life Chicago, we are bringing the pro-life movement on the road. On Sunday, January 17th, the pro-life movement will come to Mundelein with a drive-in socially distanced rally at Carmel High School, which will include inspiring speakers, Cardinal Blaise Supich for one. For more information and to register, please visit marchforlifechicago.org slash tour. Can't wait to see you there. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.